Um, so this, this series, if you call it that, a, a mini kind of three parts thing that I want to do here the next few weeks, um, really has, has come out of as I've, I've been seeking the Lord about prayer and fasting as we're going to be coming into it as a church, and, and, and kind of even wider than that, but um, what I'm going to talk about here is sort of related to prayer and fasting, and I, I want to I guess I want to ask us too, because maybe we don't, we just kind of hear this, but why, why do we fast? Why as a church would we, besides prayer, which we always want to be growing in, why, why would we fast and, and do something intentional? Why, why do you think that would be? Why, why do we do that? Anyone? Why would you say, why, why would you fast in your life? So Jen's saying acknowledges dependency on the Lord that we need Him in our lives. We, got it. we need to have a biblical basis, right, for fasting. Otherwise, why are we doing it? Why, why would we possibly give up anything in our life? Jesus did. And He, and he spoke about it, right? He talked about it. He, said, when, he didn't say if you fast or if you choose to fast. He said when you fast. And so that, that's probably the biggest reason that we would say we, we want to hold to a, a period, a, 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 a commitment, an ongoing commitment to fasting is because Jesus himself spoke about it and did it and practiced it. So, um, so there, there's a... Shane, are we okay back there? Yeah, good, okay. So there, there's a... There's an anecdote that uh, it's been attributed to David Foster Wallace. If any of you know who he is, he's an, uh, an author that uh, was, was quite famous. But he, he tells this anecdote about three fish. And there's, there's two young fish that are swimming along in a river and uh, just happily going their way. And they, they come and they meet an older fish. And the older fish stops them and he says, So uh, how's, how's the water? And they look at him rather puzzled and they go, and I'm putting a Christianese um, response on this reply. They said, what the heck is water? Now, think about that for a second. I'm, I'm using that anecdote to put forth the idea, and you could do it for a bunch of things, but that hurry in our culture, the whole thing of hurry is that water in our lives. What are you talking about, Paul? The, the crazy amount of busyness in our lives, even just this past month, what we've come out of, perfectly illustrates this for us. The thing of hurry. And I want to so I want to I do something different this year for prayer and fasting that we're going to come into. And it, it, I would say that it comes out of a significant shift that's been happening in me um, this past year, but even beyond that. Um, when, it, when it comes to living in rest, pursuing Sabbath uh, in my life, and we preached on some of that earlier in 2019. 
but it, it's this whole thing of rest and Sabbath, I would say it's taking root as an intentional practice in my life and in our family and seeking to really make that part of who we are. It's, it's an ongoing, continual process. It's not something that just you flip a switch overnight. Um, I, I'm certainly learning that. I, I think it's going to, it's, it's a process that's going to continue probably for the remainder of my life. Um, growing in what it means to practice rest, rest, growing in what it means to actually have Sabbath in your life. Um, in relation to following the way of Jesus. And there is, I, I, the reason I say it's going to go on for my life is because there is so much depth in this um, to dig into. And I, but I'm, I'm also convinced that this practice is a, a foundational principle in Scripture, that our culture is in absolutely desperate need of, I think we have totally, we, we don't even have hardly a grid for rest and Sabbath in our culture. It's something that's been totally forgotten in the Western world um, and, and in the church as well. It just, it's, it's hardly even talked about. Um, I, I've hardly talked about it for most of our years. Right? I really have not talked about Sabbath a lot. Um, and yet you see with all this rest, Sabbath, it's woven into the fabric of creation. It is right in the very midst of how God has made this world. And so I feel led to specifically focus on this for the next three Sundays as we, we come into this time of, of prayer and fasting as a church. And, and I want to teach it uh, from a perspective of encouraging us to be intentional in our practice of this as part of prayer and fasting. As we, as we come into it. Um, I want to I be intentional in encouraging you specifically as people to, to rest and to spend time with Jesus um, when it comes to prayer and fasting. Practicing spiritual disciplines alongside prayer and fasting um, to grow in maturity, to grow in, in hunger, for the increase of the presence of God in your life. And I think that the intentional act of entering into spiritual disciplines alongside prayer and fasting, is there, there is an untold richness of that. that the, and, and in the history of the church, there's, there's an incredible amount of richness in the history of how God has moved through that. And so um, that's, that's part of where this is coming out of. And so... Today is, is part of that preparation, if you will, to begin engaging our minds, engaging our hearts, to prepare for, for really what is an incredibly important time for us as a church. Um, if, if I can appeal to you, please do not see prayer and fasting as something that is outside and separate from you. I, I would really encourage you to see this as this is part of us as a church body engaging intentionally in prayer and fasting. Um, and, and it's an amazing opportunity to hear God at the start of a new year, the start of a new decade, which I think is really, really significant. 
um, right now. That, that we're hearing God for fresh vision, fresh anointing for the coming decade. We're, we're entering into a new decade, and that's also significant. Um, and so as, as part of this, just practically, apart from our, our night of prayer that we're going to have um, on the 9th of January as part of our, our time of prayer and fasting, and again, that is for everyone. That is a time of us come to, coming together to pray together. But apart from that, on the 9th, apart from home groups that will meet specifically to pray, and then we have a night of worship here that's going to culminate our prayer and fasting on the 17th. Apart from those things, I want to, um, well, we're, we're going to minimize meetings and as a church. We're going to minimize meetings and to encourage us to engage in these practices that we're being intentional in slowing down and hearing from the Lord. And so, I've, I've titled this morning, The Celebration of Hurry, question mark. And, and the reason for that is I am questioning all things that is celebration as it pertains to hurry in our culture and how it intersects with my life. And, and I, I think that this, the whole issue of hurry, busyness, is one of the greatest dangers in living for Jesus and hearing his voice in our lives. One of the biggest dangers. And hearing Jesus, you hearing Jesus in your life, him personally speaking to you is an absolute necessity for your life. If I can say, you need to hear the Lord. He wants to speak to you. And so, the, the glorification of hurry, of busyness, of achievement-driven culture is really, really dangerous to this in our lives. And I, I'm, oh, I'm just going to get some water. I'm, I'm really thankful um, for the amount of writing and other resources that I'm finding on this topic because what it's doing is it's introducing me to many other followers of Jesus who I'm, I'm coming or have come to admire who are talking about this or have talked about this. And, and what, I'm, what I'm gleaning is it's so crucial to our relationship with Jesus. So, so, so crucial for you pursuing the Lord. And so this morning, talking about hurry and how to approach this cultural norm in light of Jesus and his way. Um, and then next Sunday, what we're going to do on kind of as a, as a follow-up to this is we're going to talk about the whole practice of silence and solitude as a remedy for hurry and how we engage in silence and solitude in our lives. And then from that, we're, two weeks from now, we're going to, in the middle of prayer and fasting, I'm going to talk about Sabbath. And we're going to specifically look at Sabbath. And, you know, Sabbath is the, the one commandment that's given the most attention in the Ten Commandments, which is very interesting. And I, anyways, I, I expect this is going to be really good, and, uh, and I trust that we will encounter Jesus through this. Um, so in a, in a recent letter to shareholders, uh, Jeff Bezos, any of you know who Jeff Bezos is? A few of us? Jeff Bezos, he's the, the CEO of Amazon. He's, uh, he's got a lot of money. 
And uh, he wrote this in his letter, a recent letter to shareholders. He said, speed matters in business, absolutely. And then he, he later on, he said, and then he added, a high-velocity decision-making environment is fun. That's a really interesting way of putting it. And in, in the world of high-tech global commerce, that, that is what they value. Speed and high velocity. It's paramount to a lot of businesses. And it's, it's ingrained in our culture in so many different respects. But it is not the way of Jesus. That's not at all what Jesus ever said. And the way of Jesus that we see in Scripture, it's not only unknown to our culture, but large segments of the church as well. It's just completely forgotten. And so I want to I look this morning at a very well-known interaction that Jesus has in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Luke uh, specifically, where perhaps we've missed what I think Jesus was really getting at and how it has profound relevance for our lives right now today. It's the story of Jesus. He's, he comes to the house of Mary and Martha. And there's a small bit of the conversation that ensues when he's in their house that we have in Luke 10. And I, and I, I think this account is very helpful for us understanding Jesus and how his way means to direct our lives today as we follow him. That there's something in this conversation, in this interaction that is for us right now today and how we deal with hurry in our lives. And so let's, uh, let's read Luke 10, verse 38 to 42 together. It'll be on the screen behind me as well if you don't have your Bible. Verse 38. Now... As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Just, just a side note on this interaction that we see here. This interaction is followed up by Luke by the disciples coming to Jesus in the very next verses, the beginning of Luke 11, saying, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And then that's, that's Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer, and he directs them how to pray. Now, in, understand something about the Gospels. The Gospel writers were very intentional. You could even say under the presence, under the guide of the Holy Spirit. They were very intentional in how they shaped their gospels and what put and what came next there was there was an absolute intentionality they were connecting things am i am i going in and out a little bit 
Yeah, okay. Is there anything on back there, Shana? No? Okay. I'll just try to deal with that. Um, but it's, again, the way that Luke connects this. So the fact that he's got this story, this interaction, and then he's got prayer, and how that interconnects is intriguing for me. I don't, yeah, I'm checking my pack. It looks good. I'll, uh, maybe that's better. We'll see. If it uh, persists, I'll use the mic. So, in, in talking about hurry in our lives, and, and out of a desire to live with more of the presence of God in our lives, there, there's three points that I want to highlight this morning from this text to help us. And that the first one is, learn from the way of Jesus. When, when you read through the Gospels, one, one of the details that is very evident is that Jesus is not in a hurry. And, and okay, granted, I know that in the past, um, when I preached through Mark, and I kind of focused a little bit on how Mark uses the word immediately a lot in his Gospels, immediately this, immediately that, that, that was more Mark's way of talking about how the kingdom of God was advancing in this world rapidly, rather than he's not talking about Jesus' pace of life. Because clearly when you read through the Gospels, Jesus has a way of operating and living where he is very, very present in the moment. And so, verse 38 says, Now as they went on their way, so the disciples and Jesus are going on their way, and it says Jesus entered a village. And then we know that he comes to Mary and Martha's house. And we know from other parts in the Gospels that, that he had a close relationship with that family, with their brother Lazarus as well. We don't know exactly all the details of how that happened, but, but he was close with them. And so he entered their house. And I want to I say this too. We, we tend to focus a lot on the words of Jesus. And, and not that that's wrong. We, we, we focus a lot on exactly, precisely what Jesus said, but we hardly ever talk about the pace, the culture, or the way of Jesus, the way that he functioned and operated. And the thing is, these go hand in hand. They're not separate. The way that Jesus operated, the pace of how Jesus lived was completely connected to the words of Jesus and what he said, and when he said it, and how he said it. His teaching came out of the pace of his life. And because Jesus' words and his way of life are so intricately connected, I, I don't think that we can simply dismiss his pace as cultural and say, well, that was then, that's not now, we live in the 21st century, it's a high-tech, high-fast, high-speed world. There is a pace of living that fosters the spiritual abundance that Jesus invites us into in his Gospels. And there is a way of living that is intricately connected to that. So we don't, we don't see Jesus in a hurry in his life. There's, there's multitudes of... Literally, probably over half the stories in the Gospels where Jesus is interrupted. He's doing something, he's going somewhere, something, and he's interrupted. And it, from that interruption, we get a multitude of these accounts 
of how he operated. He was, he was constantly being pulled this way or that way, all the time. People wanted Jesus' attention. They wanted his focus. They wanted him for this, for that. And yet what you see is Jesus is just, he's so present in the moment. He's present in the moments that come at him. Think about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching some of probably his most important teaching that people hold to. And what is he doing there? As he's teaching, he's saying, look, look at the birds. Look, look at the flowers. He's in the moment. He's using the very things around him in the moment to draw out the truth of the kingdom, to draw out the truth of what God is doing, allowing the moment to influence his words. Okay, so saying all this, this is not my nature at all. Jess is laughing because she knows this is not my bent at all. Um, I, I, by nature, am driven to get things done. Um, by nature, I feel like I am doing well if I'm accomplishing goals. And if I've got an ongoing running checklist that I'm, I'm accomplishing... And so even lately, I felt the Lord apprehend me very clearly and say, Paul, you need to stop and you need to just enjoy the moment. You need to rest. And I, and I knew it was the Lord. What we see here in the account with Mary and Martha is that Jesus is so present right here in the moment. We don't know where he was going. We don't know what his plans were, but he's so present in the moment with them, allowing the circumstances, allowing Mary and Martha's inclinations, the way that Mary and Martha were functioning to be the catalyst to direct them to the Father and to direct them to the presence of the Father. John Ortberg, how many of you have ever heard of John Ortberg, pastor, author, um, great guy in the States? He, uh, he, he told this story about how years ago he was finding himself sucked into the busyness of the American life and this constant drive to achieve. And so it led him to actually have a conversation with Dallas Willard. If you know who Dallas Willard is, he's probably one of the greatest, Christ, greatest Christian philosophers of the last century. Amazing guy. And so John Ortberg asked him, he said, what, what do, this, this pace of life that I'm struggling with, what do I do to fix the problem? And Willard, he says that Willard took a long pause on the phone, which was, I guess, the way he operated. Long pause. And then he said, hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. And then he said this, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John Ortberg said, okay, what else is there? And there was another long pause on the phone. And Willard said, there is nothing else. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. If you know Dallas Willard, and I would read anything of his, it's amazing. If you even listen to him talk, it's like, wow. He said, it's hurry. You have to get rid of hurry. 
It's the greatest threat to spiritual life. When we live in a culture of hurry, we speed up relationships, we cut out people from in front of us, there's, there's no time to stop and really connect, to really pour into people. We're, we're immersed in the drive for ourselves so many times. I, 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 have, I have caught myself in this predicament so many times when, you know, I'm out and about, either with people or I'm out and about in a, in, a, in a mall or I'm out and about in a store, and I run into someone and I realize after, like, I was, I was supposed to stop and connect with them, either someone I knew or someone I didn't know even, but I realize after, like, I'm too busy. Do you, you ever find yourself where you get into that situation where you, you, you want to connect with someone, but you're finding yourself, like, I, I've, got, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and, you're like, and yet you're like, why am I taking the time to stop and connect? And the common problem is almost always hurry or just pace of life. And this leads me to my second point that I want to highlight this morning from this, these verses in Luke, and that is resist hurry in your life. So Jesus comes to the house of Mary and Martha. Martha was the one, it says, who invited him to come. And Mary's there, and she's just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching. Really, she's seeking to be in the presence of Jesus. Mary is just wanting to be with Jesus. Verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted. Underline that word distracted with much serving. And she comes to, to Jesus and says, Jesus, like, don't you care that all the work is left to me? Like, there's work to be done. Where is Mary? What are you doing? Have you left me to serve alone? There's an insinuation there, actually. Martha's making to Jesus. It's actually your fault. It's your fault, Jesus. You're letting her do this. She's at your feet. Why, why aren't you telling her because she says, tell her then to help me. Like, what are you doing, Jesus? And, and Jesus' response here is so telling. And Luke specifically refers here to Jesus. He doesn't say Jesus said. He says the Lord replied to her. Really significant. And then he says, Martha, Martha. Anytime you see that two times in the Gospels, that's a... That's, that was added for intentional emphasis. Jesus is saying that, Martha, I want you to pay attention. It's like Jesus when he said, truly, truly, listen, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. That could be the tagline for our culture right now. You are anxious and troubled about many things. And what is our tendency? Our tendency is to keep stuffing down the root causes in our lives with hurry and busyness. Richard Rohr, he's another author, I was just reading something about him yesterday, and he, he said they used to have a saying in one of the churches he pastored where he said, the problem is never really, or sorry, the issue 
is never really the issue. There's always something deeper. We, we talk about function, we talk about responsibility, we talk about opportunity, we talk about development. We use all these fancy words to talk about why we need to do the things we need to do. But what it brings is a pace of hurry and busyness that has become, it, it's the absolute norm in our culture. Like, I, I, what I, I know what I'm talking about right now is just like, this is just life in 21st century, the Western world. But Jesus, he doesn't avoid the obvious with Martha. Like, he doesn't try to side skirt it at all. He says, Martha, you need to shift the way that you're functioning. The way that you're functioning is leading you to be anxious and troubled. How you're living is leading to anxiety and worry about a lot of stuff. And, and if I could be honest, I think this is precisely what we don't want to hear from Jesus. We don't want to hear this. Because he's calling us to a significant shift in life that we're fearful of. To take the cover off of hurry in our lives. We're scared to slow down because with the pleasure of life that comes from slowing down, and there is, there's a richness to life that comes from slowing down, but there's also, that, what comes with it is pain in our hearts that we don't want to like, we don't want to or don't, we don't like to deal with because slowing down causes those things to come to the surface as we're spending more time to contemplate and think. This is one of the key issues with addiction in our lives. We are running away from the pain of life. We're self-medicating some deeper kind of pain. John Ortberg, back to him again for a second, he said this. He said, hurry is not just a sign of a disordered schedule, but also a disordered heart. And, uh, and I, was, I was contemplating that this week. And, uh, you know, I think when I think about that, I come to see that the issue of hurry is the issue under all the other issues in my heart. Maybe you can identify with that. Anxiety. Anger that leaks out in our lives. Lack of life. Lack of presence to God and to others in my life. Breakdowns when there's breakdowns in my maturity and growth in love in my life, hurry is a fundamental issue. Just being so busy and focused on this or that. So when we find ourselves stalled out or struggling in maturity, when we're, when we're like, okay, I, I want to grow in Christ-likeness, but I'm struggling and how I'm going to do that. And it doesn't seem to be happening. Hurry is a fundamental issue. The hurry of our culture can actually keep us from dealing, ever dealing, like ever, ever dealing with this issue of what's going on in our hearts. We just keep going at a, a, a frantic pace. And and the reason is because the problem in our culture, it's so subversive. Like it's just, it's, it's the water that we swim in. 
It is everywhere. So it's everywhere you go. And so we have to be so intentional in pushing back against this pressure. The key is resisting this in love in our lives. Now, that's what Jesus did with Martha. He, he resisted it. He pushed back against what was happening, but he did it in love. Hurry is something that affects everyone. So that's what I'm talking about. It affects every single person. And what, what we need, I think, partly at least, is a robust view of the kingdom of God in our lives. What I mean by that is that the kingdom of God is active. It's not some theoretical thing we talk about out there that's in Scripture. The kingdom of God is active. It's living. It's meant to be taking root in our lives. There is a king. There is a charter. There is a law. There, this kingdom has laws. It has a culture. All the things that kingdoms have, that's the kingdom of God. It has its own DNA, and that DNA is the way of Jesus. And so, it's one thing to say, yes, okay, we need to resist the hurry in our lives. And to do that, it's going to be making choices. It's going to be changes in your daily life. If, if you want to initiate change in this regard in your life, you will have to come go away and make changes. But we don't leave it there. And that's because Jesus doesn't leave it there. And so we'll come to what's next here. And that is the third point, and that is rest in the good portion. It's so important we resist the hurry, but we rest in the good portion. So after confronting Martha, Jesus then offers her, he doesn't leave her there, he offers her the remedy for her frustration and her angst. He says, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. How, how many of you know that you are at your worst when you are tired and exhausted? Yep. <laughs> I am at my absolute worst when tiredness and exhaustion sets in. And the, good, the good portion that Jesus speaks of here is time spent with him. This is about being with him. When he, he's talking about Martha, look what Mary's doing. This is the good portion. We, we talked about how Jesus was not in a hurry. Jesus had a lot to do. He always had a lot to do, but he never had too much to do. And, and when, you, when you read through the Gospels, you, you, you read of him taking, talking about taking his yoke upon us. He talks about resting in him. He talks continuously about having life to the full. He offers us life to the full. He talks about abiding. Those are the key themes in Jesus' teaching about how to function. And, and all of that, that all comes from eliminating hurry, pursuing rest, being content, at peace. This is the good portion that comes from Jesus. 
I think our, our culture, one of the proverbs that our culture likes to live by is work hard, play hard. Right? Just pedal to the metal, nose to the grindstone, keep it going. It's like, let's, let's keep it going. Always looking to the next big thing, the next big vacation, the next big purchase, the next, the next, the next, and working feverishly to make sure that you can do that. And then when you get there, play hard. Jesus' good portion is not found in that. Jesus' good portion is found in the moment. So it's like, how do I find him in the moment? How do I find him this afternoon? How do I find him tomorrow morning? How do I partake of the good portion that he has for me? And, and the trifecta that Jesus teaches, and I, I would say the New Testament as a whole as well, is really the presence of love, joy, peace. That is central to all of Jesus' teaching. And that, those three things are probably our, the, the biggest struggle that we have in our lives is to continuously be pursuing those things. And I'm not, I'm not talking about um, simply the emotions of those things. But, but rather the inner disposition of experiencing love, experiencing joy, experiencing peace that comes from the Father. Being loving, being full of joy, having uh, a calm, non-anxious presence um, about us as, as, we're, as we're present with people. That's a big challenge. You ever find that in yourself? Like just being able to say, I'm actually present in the moment and I, I'm carrying a non-anxious presence with me. I, if you're going, that's a struggle, I'm going, yeah, like, me too. Um, all, all of those, though, they're incompatible with a life of hurry. So, you know, all of my moments as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, as a neighbor, where I am the most unloving, and, and I don't even want to think about that, but the, that's the reality, is when I'm in a hurry for one reason or another. Really, it gets down to that. I, I'm, there's hurriness, and it leads to frustration, it leads to anger leaking out, it leads to all number of things where I am not operating with an inner disposition of love, of joy, of peace. And depending on our history, our backgrounds, our experiences, eliminating hurry will have a different level of difficulty for, for all of us, depending where we're at. But the pursuit of being present in the moment is such a gift for us. One, one more quote from John Ortberg that I, wanna, I thought was so good. He said, I cannot live in the kingdom of God with a hurried soul. He's talking about the pr like presently in our lives living in the kingdom of God. 
the need to slow down to rest and experience the presence of God in our lives. It's so necessary to live the way of Jesus. It's absolutely necessary to live the way of Jesus. And it's, it really is a most worthy pursuit. So, here's how I want to end. How, how do we resist lives of hurry and how do we seek to live in the good portion of Jesus that he invites us to? I, I think that emotional health is one side of this conversation. Um, so pursuing healing, growth, transformation, self-awareness in our lives. Again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, proponent of counseling. If, if someone says, I, I think I need to, to have someone help me unpack stuff, do it. It's so good, and it's such an important part of dealing with stuff in our, in our hearts and in our souls. So that's one side, but I think the other side is making our spiritual life a central focus in our lives. C.S. Lewis, he said, hurry is the death of prayer. I think he said that because he's talking about needing a living connection to the Spirit of God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is how we abide with Jesus. And so, you know, there's a, there's a common metaphor we use to speak of our relationship with Jesus. You probably, you've heard it all over the place. We, we use it, we talk about following the way and we talk about um, walking with Jesus as opposed to those who aren't following Jesus have walked away from the Lord, right? We talk about that. They've, they've, they've walked away from the Lord and, and those, they're those who are walking with the Lord. Um, but this, this Christmas season, Jess and I, we were, we were doing some shopping together at one point and, and we were entering a mall and, and, I'm, and like, I like to walk fast. I like to walk really fast, actually. And, uh, and it's part of just like, we gotta go. Let's go. We got, we got stuff to do. And so I'm walking, and I, and I guess I, that day I was constantly, well, I knew that. I was constantly walking a little bit ahead of Jess because, like, got to set the pace. And finally she looks at me as we, as, at one point, she's like, what's the hurry? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, why, like, why are you walking so fast? I'm like, well, I just like to walk fast. Well, can you, like, maybe walk with me? What, what if we're walking ahead of Jesus? We talk about walking with him, but what about if there's a reality that actually we're walking, it's not that we're walking away from him, but we're walking ahead of him. And he's saying, Paul, come, come back and walk at my pace. Like, like walk, just walk with me, Paul. Like, like don't, don't like, like that's, that's slow actually, that's almost, that feels too slow. <laughs> Jesus says, walk at my pace. So, that's hard. You ever try, when you, how many of you say, I have, you have a pace at which you like to walk? That you know you have a cadence. Yeah? How many of you don't like to get out of your cadence? I do not like to get out of my cadence of walking. It's hard. You've got to like, okay, how am I going to do this? It's a little bit like Jesus saying, 
Come and walk at my pace, Paul. So I want to I give us some takeaways from this morning that um, I think can help us prepare for this week of prayer and fasting coming up. And, uh, and that's the, there's three takeaways that I have. If you want to take a picture of them, if you want to write them down, maybe you have photographic memory. Number one, this is this week. Take time to assess your schedule and pace of life. Is it allowing you consistent daily time with Jesus to quiet your heart? As in spending time in scripture, prayer, and listening to Jesus. Two, where is there hurry or busyness in my life that needs to change? And then third, very practical, commit to find 15 minutes a day of silence to quiet your heart and spend time with Jesus. Just in the quiet. And we'll talk more about that next week. We'll talk a lot about silence and solitude and the benefits and, and the, the rich blessing that it is to us. Let's, let's pray. Jesus, thank you that we have such a blessing in the Gospels and in Scripture of you showing us how to live and how to deal with stuff in us where we have disordered hearts and disordered desires and we are stuffing it down with hurry and busyness. Jesus, thank you for the gift of Scripture. Thank you for the gift of the way that you lived, the way that you walked, the way that you went about life and how you are our example. And Jesus, we thank you that there is a way that you have and we, we desire to follow your way. Lord, I, I pray that you would give us the strength this week to, to do this, Lord, where it's hard, where it's hard to to actually look at the things in our, our lives that need to change. Jesus, give us the grace that you are so faithful to provide. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be empowering us, Lord, to, to do what you're calling us to do. Jesus, as you invite us, as you speak to us, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you empower us and equip us to respond in obedience and in trust. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you. Amen.